bloodygenie.gb Written and narrated by Clancy Pasta There was one thing I wanted more than anything for my birthday during the winter of 1998, and as a nine-year-old boy at the time, it was of course the new video game system. For some kids, it was a PlayStation, or even the already practically defunct Sega Saturn, but I prefer to do my gaming in my bed, under the covers, with a little flashlight to illuminate the surprisingly dim unlit screen of the original beast of the Game Boy. I had reminded my parents of what I wanted on multiple occasions, to such an extent that I still remember my exact spiel. I want a new grape Game Boy Color with Tetris DX, and I really want it to be grape. Tetris was my jam, and I couldn't wait to explore the geometric two dimensions of Tetris now filtered through the rainbow. But when the fateful day finally arrived, in a knowingly hefty, smallish box was sat atop my lap, I was in for a surprise. Ripping through the blue candy cane wrapping paper like it was a race, I held in my hands a bright green Game Boy Color. But the lack of bright purple design wasn't what surprised me. I almost knew my parents were destined to get the wrong color, and green was probably my second choice anyways. But when the second gift descended upon my lap, I was surprised to find it about the size of a small jewelry box, like the kind you'd gift a diamond ring in. Definitely not the size of a Tetris DX box. Tossing the wrapping paper aside, I found a tiny cardboard box. Lifting the flap, I slid the contents into the palm of my hand. It was a Game Boy Color cartridge, without a manual or even a box, and even stranger still, without a readable name. I stared at the front printed label for about five seconds, before I realized I wasn't staring at a word or phrase, but a series or grouping of different shapes and symbols. It started with a square, then an X, and then a triangle, and there were a few others that followed that looked strangely distinct, but unfamiliar. The characters were a simple white on a completely black background. There was no E for everyone labeled on the lower left-hand corner. It was only the symbols. I asked them what it was, and I'll never forget my dad lazily coming back with, Isn't it Tetris? I thought it was strange, but I was too young to understand what bootleg games were, or anything in the realm of homebrew programming. So, I decided to retire to my room and check my brand new gaming system while I sucked on another candy cane. Turning the console on, I got the familiar Game Boy Color boot-up screen. The screen then cut to black. I stared at it nervously, hoping it wouldn't be stuck on this nothing of a page forever. But after a few flashes of white that briefly interrupted the black square, a little 8-bit jingle, sounding slightly eastern or mystical in style, began to play against the blank screen. And then it faded in, in jagged lags, to a depiction of a dusty sky. Light blue cut across with large swaths of floating yellow sand, and faint wisps of slowly drifting white clouds. And then, a basic text menu popped up in front of the aerial landscape. 
play, how to play. Those were my two options. I was eager to get to the gameplay, but I also wasn't sure what this game was. I was still holding out hope that this was somehow Tetris DX, but the hope was barely noticeable at that point. I decided to press how to play. The screen cut abruptly to black. Seconds passed, and I enjoyed my candy cane. I remember distinctly wincing as I accidentally pierced my gums with the cane I had whittled down to a sharp point. And then the sky faded back in, devoid of any text, though with a slightly different color palette. The blue of the sky was now a bit deeper, a bit darker, and the sand now looked the color of a burnt orange. Then, a black text box appeared on the lower half of the screen that loaded bright blocky white words in all caps. To win is easy. Shoko will test your knowledge and reward you fully. A little flashing block appeared at the end of the sentence, which was an indication for me to press the A button to load the next block of text. I did so, and the next sentence appeared. Answer correctly, and you will receive your desire. Mind is the only limit. The little flashing block came back, and I pressed the button again. Instead of loading in more instructions, it just cut to black again, which was starting to get on my nerves. But luckily this time in the darkness was very brief, a mere two seconds or so, and I was brought back to the title screen, or rather what would have been called a title screen if it contained any discernible title. Nothing else to explore before jumping in. I pressed play. A brief cut to black, and then it faded in with that classic jagged fade to what appeared an up-close white cloud framed in bright purple sky. Little shimmering blue stars twinkled dreamily in the background. Then the black text box appeared at the bottom of the screen once more. Answer the question, move to the next one. That seemed pretty straightforward. I continued. What is 4 plus 4? Well, I can say for sure I wasn't exactly expecting a math problem. A second after the question loaded, two multiple choice options loaded up just below. The first option was 7, and the second option was 8. It didn't take me long to choose 8. A quick fade to black, and then a full screen text box loaded in that read, Great work! And then the same page from the first question loaded back up, this time with the next question. What do you sit on at school every day? Two options loaded below. A rock? Or a chair? I made the obvious choice. Great work, it said again. I was starting to get a little bored and was on the verge of turning it off to go grab another piece of candy when the screen faded to black again. I was going to wait for it to load back up to see if there was a save feature, whatever that would mean for a game like this. But the sky from the title menu loaded back up 
this time with a block of text right in the middle of the screen. You've passed the test. Are you ready for your reward? Two options appeared below. One said, yes. The other, no. I quickly pressed yes without much thought. The screen then faded to black. I waited for it to fade back in, but after five seconds, twenty seconds, forty seconds, a few minutes, the screen was still black, and I realized the background music had stopped playing at some point as well. The little power light was still on, but besides that, all signs of life were gone. I was disappointed, but I needed to get ready to head over to Grandma and Grandpa's house in just a little while anyway, which was another opportunity to get more Game Boy Color games. I powered off the system, tossed it atop the covers, and ran out into the living room to beg my mom to whip up just a few more toaster waffles before the trip. The day passed, and I got some new games, just not for my new system. My grandparents didn't know or care enough about video games to notice the color difference between the two, and I enjoyed the games anyway. The sun was already down when we got home, and it felt like no more than 20 minutes before my mom was rushing me off to brush my teeth before bed. Before I even knew it, the day was over and I was under the warm covers of my bed, lying in the cool dark air of the night. I was nearly on the verge of drifting off, when I must have rolled over onto my side. My knee hit something hard that completely jarred me out of the state, and the life rushed back into my limbs. I reached down and pulled up what I found in my hands to be the Game Boy Color I hadn't touched since that morning. Too lazy to care, I attempted to toss it onto a little beanbag chair sitting across the room. Flying through the air, it instead smashed with a loud rattling into a tub filled with wooden and plastic toys. The next heartbeat pumped a rush of adrenaline through my veins, and I rushed out of bed to make sure I hadn't just shattered the screen of my brand new present. Digging through the relatively unimportant rubble, I finally found the device that, after a quick glance at it from all angles, I was relieved to discover was fine. But then I noticed that little 8-bit jingle that I had first heard that morning, and I looked down to a now backlit screen, shining out in the near darkness of my bedroom like a flashlight. My heart immediately skipped a beat for the simple fact that, as any old-school Nintendo player knows, lit-up backlit screens weren't introduced until the Game Boy Advance SP. I slowly lifted the screen up to get a good look as the music from that tiny speaker seemed to fill the room. It was that sky I had been presented with on first boot up that morning. A dusty sky, blue and yellow with wispy clouds of white, though much deeper and more vibrant in color due to the backlight than earlier that morning. And then suddenly, words appeared on the screen, but I didn't have time to read them before they were read to me. You 
have done it. Rattled in a crackly static from my tiny Game Boy speaker in an overly excited voice of a man. I twitched a little in shock, still sitting on the floor in the darkness, but I had to adjust quick to pay attention to the second sentence that played just a second later. It's time to discover. The screen faded to black in jagged frames, and then words appeared in white atop the black background. The truth. Another cut to black, and then the screen sprang back to life with a pixel art depiction of a bright purple sky from afar, those same wispy clouds slowly drifting across the sky, though the horizon where land meets sky was now visible. A little clay jar sat half buried in the ground, just big enough to be noticeable. The camera cut into a larger shot of the clay jar. It was a deep brownish red and looked chipped and rotted. But then the lid began to shuffle from side to side along with a low 8-bit rumbling sound. Before it exploded, accompanied with the words, Of the genie. And suddenly the camera was back to the shot of the purple sky, only it was no longer purple. It was deep, pure obsidian, the clouds no longer visible. Only two twinkling stars hovering centered horizontally side by side near the top of the sky, which I felt immediately were implied to be a living character, or at least, its eyes. Text then appeared along with its read-along voice, in the bottom of the screen overlaid across the horizon. I am the great Shoko of Lac Platal, here to grant you wishes in three. All you desire, I will admire. Anything you want is sure to be done. The screen then cut to black, and no text appeared on screen. Only the voice spoke it to me as I stared into the empty darkness of my room. Any desire is yours to take, but first, three for me, and then three for you. I wasn't sure exactly what that was supposed to mean. But it wouldn't be long before the chatty genie would be back to tell me. After the two twinkly star eyes faded back in the black screen, it went on. Your first task of three, listen to me. I sat in silence, not sure if that was a prompt for me to do something or not. After about 15 seconds, it suddenly blared out, Great. You've granted my first wish. Now on to the second. There was a little high-pitched tone that played right before the genie spoke his congratulations to me. It felt like it was supposed to signify a reward, but it sounded like a simple pure tone that was rather ear-piercing relative to the background track. The voice came back in quickly. Your second task of three. Look at the moon. 
It took me a few seconds before I even thought it possible the game actually meant it. But as the seconds of silence turned to minutes, I eventually got up, my Game Boy in hand, and walked over to my bedroom window. I peeked between the blinds and luckily found the moon to be directly out and above the neighbor's house. Now, the voice began again. Stare directly into the moon's center and try not to blink for 30 seconds. My eyes immediately broke contact as I registered the genie's request. It seemed odd, but fun, and so there wasn't much need for resistance. My eyes locked back with the bright moon nearly full in the sky, and I tried my best to hold it. I counted to 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and I was halfway to 40 when the game played that second high-pitched tone again, followed quickly by, Great, you've granted my second wish. Now on to the third. I continued looking out at the sky as I smiled to myself, happy to be so apparently good at the game, and also now excited to get to the part where I get to start calling out the wishes. If it could break that boundary between software and reality, then it simply followed that it could do as it told me it could. That after I completed my third task, it would grant me three wishes. I could hardly contain myself as the voice came back to my ear. Close the blinds and listen closely. I did as it told and sat cross-legged in the darkness before it spoke again. Now, this wish is my final wish and will thus require great skill to achieve. You must listen to and follow my every word. There is no room for error if you wish to achieve your final reward. I could hardly contain myself as I listened to the voice. I found myself nodding when he was finished, as if he was watching. Because it seemed as though he was. Good. It spoke unusually quickly and bluntly. It then went on. Stand up and quietly make your way to your parents' garage. Butterflies filled my stomach as I pondered the words. I had never ventured outside of my room at night due to the fact that I didn't want to get in trouble because my parents obviously don't want me wandering around or playing video games past my bedtime, but I swallowed hard as my legs began to move. I opened my bedroom door as slowly as I could to avoid any loud creaks, but some were just unavoidable. When I had the tiniest bit more space to squeeze through, my arm twitched and a loud creak retched through the house. I froze like a statue as I waited for my parents' footsteps to start rushing out of their bedroom. But after a good minute of standing there on guard, there were no sounds of any kind. I squeezed through the opening and tiptoed my way down the hall 
to the door to the garage. Luckily, I knew this door didn't have any squeaking problems. So, I was able to carefully open it and squeeze into the garage within 15 seconds. Once there, I lifted the Game Boy back up to my face. Before I even had time to say a word or press a button, the voice returned. It spoke over the two twinkling stars, the only visual cast across the backlit screen. Very good. It seemed to almost whisper, and it continued in its new quiet affectation. Now stand atop that crate in front of you. I glanced up to see an old wooden crate my dad had something or other stored in sitting right there. The whole situation was taking on a magical feel, as though I was along for a ride whose strange sights I was just beginning to see. So, I eagerly followed my instructions and scurried up the crate. The moment both feet were atop the lid, the voice returned. Open the little door in front of you and flip all of the light switches. Looking ahead and using the tiny light radiating from the backlit screen, I could see a little square door bolted into the wall. I opened it and flipped all of the little switches as the voice had told me to. I was too young and too ignorant to know what I was doing at the time. To know that those weren't light switches, but the switches of the circuit breaker, and that I was flipping them all to off. The very moment I flipped the last switch with my right hand, the voice rang out from the device in my left hand. Very, very good. Now, make your way to the kitchen. I was beginning to get a little antsy to get to the end of whatever this task was. I had already snuck out of my room, which was itself a difficult task, and then made my way to the garage, which was also a pretty hefty task, and now it wanted me to sneak to another area of the house I'm not supposed to be in during the nighttime. Remember, I had just turned 10 years old, which, I suppose, is why I continued to follow its directions and carefully climbed down the crate and back through the door I'd just come from. I tiptoed down the hallway and turned left into the kitchen. I then looked down to the device, which immediately returned my gaze with a message. This time, its whisper was very, very quiet. Go to the cabinet with the cupcakes and grab the knife in the drawer just below. I had never actually held a knife before, but I had also never met a genie before. There's a first time for everything. So, after a moment's hesitation, I took a few steps forward and opened the utensil drawer, grabbing the only knife I could make out in the dim light cast from my Game Boy Color. So, so very nice. 
the voice whispered out again, getting a little slower this time. Its low gravelly tone was getting more intense. Now, walk up to your parents' bedroom door. And my legs began to move immediately. Before twenty seconds had passed, I was there. Now, twist the doorknob. I did as it directed me, and I held the cold metal of the faux gold knob in my hand. Walk inside, boy. It spoke rather quickly, but still in that same whisper. I did as it commanded, and opened the door, taking a single step, reaching the boundary between the hallway and my parents' room. When I heard no other instructions, I continued inching my way inside. Soon enough, both feet were across the door frame, and I held back a scream when I felt the Game Boy Color still in my left hand vibrate. Another feature not native to that generation of consoles that inexplicably appeared that night. I looked down to the screen to see a single word plastered across. Ear. I stared for a moment and then slowly moved my hand up to my ear so that the tiny Game Boy speaker was lined up directly. And then I heard the faintest whisper yet. I stood there, staring into the darkened abyss ahead, Game Boy Color in one hand, and the kitchen knife in the other. From the light of the alarm clock sat atop my father's bedside table, I could make out their rough forms under the covers. I ran the latest demand through my head once more. You know what to do. But there was just one problem. I didn't know what to do. I was just following directions. So I stood there, just feet away from my sleeping parents, not sure what to do. I continued holding the console to my left ear. Then the voice returned. It said much more forcefully. I continued to stand in silence, still too hesitant to move. And then, it spoke for what happened to be the final time. Don't you want to be free? It said, but in a voice even more different than before. There was a strong raspy and almost hungry affectation. I pulled the device away from my ear and looked into the screen, 
where before, when there wasn't text, I had gotten used to finding those two 8-bit twinkling white stars in the black sky of the screen. I was then greeted with something of an altogether different nature, for the genie had decided to show me its true form. In the screen, I'm not going to say it was a hyper-realistic blood-red eyes type situation, because it wasn't, at least in the sense that it didn't break the Game Boy Color's 8-bit capabilities, but it was absolutely disgusting nonetheless. It was as though it had smushed its pixelated face up against the screen like it was a glass window pane. Its nose was but a crusty hole in the center of its head, framed above by two eyes side by side, sunken into deep obsidian black pits, its purple dark pupil almost unnoticeable beside the black. Its skin was wrinkled impossibly like a thousand-year-old relic, which perhaps it somehow was but worst of all was its mouth or if you can even call it that just below its two eyes and its disturbing looking nose was an even more disturbing sight than that and it was a perfectly circular hole perhaps 30% larger than the one for its nose but this hole wasn't crusty around its perimeter like the nose, and in the open circular orifice were visible fangs, about eight, coming in from all sides, just behind where lips should have been. Its face was so enlarged on the screen that no ears were visible, nor anything outside of the monster's face. Nothing escaped. And worst of all, in a way that I cannot describe, I felt as though it was smiling at me. I don't know if I dropped the knife or the Game Boy first, but they were both on the ground within a single second, which occurred simultaneously with my first smart move of the night, screaming my ass off. When my dad finally had his bedside lamp on, I was on the floor, my face and my hands, sobbing uncontrollably, the Game Boy to my left and the knife to my right. To say the least, my parents were freaked out. My mom rushed over and hugged me, asking over and over again what happened. My dad just sat there on the bed, looking at me for a while, and then berating me over why I had a knife. And, perhaps unusually, I told them exactly what happened. The whole story. Virtually exactly what I've written up here. Minus the knowledge I didn't have then. When I finally had it all out and was done, they just looked at each other and told me I could sleep in there with them tonight. I scurried up into the bed faster than I could take a single breath absolutely relieved that they hadn't mentioned taking away my Game Boy or a punishment of any kind. The only thing that happened was that I never saw that game again. The next morning, my parents took me to the store and let me pick out any game I wanted. When I got home and grabbed my console, the Genie game was nowhere to be found. 
I immediately knew my parents had to have taken it, and I couldn't say I didn't understand why. So, like them, I didn't mention it. And that was pretty much the end of it, for about 20 years. And then my dad died last spring. My mom tasked me with going through the old storage locker, but I just didn't have the heart to get myself to file through all of those old memories. But after many months, I finally got the guts and went down there to get it over with. There were tubs of old business files, old furniture, old photos, old this, old that, a lot of old stuff. But in one of those old boxes, I found something completely unexpected. Lifting the lid off an old shoebox, I was suddenly staring at that cartridge, at that strange and, up until that point, forgotten video game that had haunted my tenth birthday. I couldn't believe it. My first instinct was to smash it, but after thinking for a second, realized that'd be stupid. So I instead slipped it into my pocket and packed up for the day. I then drove over to my mom's. I was confused as hell, and she was my only hope at clearing it up. I showed her the cartridge and asked if it looked familiar. She squinted at it for a few seconds, before saying, Oh yeah, that's that game we got you for your birthday that totally freaked you out. I sat down at the dinner table across from her. Yeah, you could say that, I suppose. I whispered back as I stared at the cartridge. I told her I thought they had gotten rid of it, and then expressly asked her why they hadn't gotten rid of it, given how it had led to me ending up in their room one night with a knife. But she just calmly sipped her coffee and told me that after I had broke down crying and woke them up that night, they listened to me and my story. They listened very carefully, and when I had told them that the genie game told me to turn off the circuit breaker to the house, and that I had done so, they both looked over to the clock plugged into the wall and saw that it was still on, not to mention the lamp that illuminated half the room as I wept. They figured I'd had a nightmare and stumbled into a sleepwalking incident, and so they just invited me into bed to sleep it off. In the morning, my dad checked the circuit breaker in the garage, and lo and behold, all the circuits were switched on. Everything was in working order. It was like I had never even been out there. I listened to her tell me this with a growing pit my stomach. How it would be possible for me to hallucinate all of that, I couldn't comprehend. But I also couldn't comprehend how any of it was possible in the first place. So, I nodded and thanked my mom, and left with the cartridge. It took a few weeks for the Game Boy Color ROM dumper to arrive. Plugging it into my computer, 
I had already prepped by getting all of the necessary software installed. And after a while of clicking around, not that long of a while, I suddenly had copied to my desktop a single .gb file. And to my surprise, it wasn't a long list of strange characters. It was actually readable. Bloody Genie.gb I couldn't even breathe the first few times I read it over. I've never slipped the cartridge into a Game Boy Color and booted it up. And I've never loaded the ROM up either. And I don't want to. But I don't feel confident my hesitancy should get in the way of archiving something so strange and rare, though. Something that could change the way we view homebrew gaming history forever. And so I wrote up this entire post with one purpose, and one purpose only. To ask if anyone here thinks I should upload the ROM to some website, or if anyone has any good suggestions on who to send it to, so that it isn't lost to time, and someone can maybe even investigate it a little. See if it's still like what I experienced. I hope it's not. But I don't know. I just don't know. I'll be checking back for replies. Good night. Okay, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please give it a like, subscribe for more, check out the Patreon page, and all that good stuff. At least, I would think it's good, right? Thank you so much to everyone who supports this channel financially. I'm gonna thank the Patreon supporters, the YouTube members, and the Anchor supporters. I I usually only uh, verbally thank the $5 and up supporters, but really, uh, I just just wanna thank all of you uh, real quick. So thank you to Elizabeth, Andy O, Leah S., Skylar May, Morningstar, Josh L, Uma Manic, Ethan N, Stefan W, Tumultuous Tay, Angelo L, Garma, Michael P, Miss PM, Fiona S, Ricky W, Vanessa, Folor, Jessica D, Brindlebug, Goober, Tim W, Ref, Aaron C, Todd B, Lydia P, Jordan H, Monica A, Death Metal, Aurelia L, Gabriel B, Aradko, Jiri H, Eddie C, Slightly Unblended, Uncle Ulrich, Jonathan D, Nathan P, Jared B, We Out, Brian E, Brady G. And thank you to YouTube members Nicola F, David L, Uma Manic, Chief Azalin, and Ilis Jack. And thank you to my current anchor supporter, Frankie C. I hope you all enjoyed tonight's original story. I, uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun writing it and thinking about it, and uh, it, uh, it brought back old... Uh, old video game creepypasta vibes, which I, I certainly had a blast with. What's your favorite old school uh, video game creepypasta? Alright. Hope you all have a good night. Cheers.